Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kudzu Radio Hour, number 113, with Buffalo and Billy and friends. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, July 25th, 2020, and is brought to you by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms, fresh organic chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Get more information or order online at SpringerMountain.com. That's SpringerMTN.com. Not only is Springer Mountain Chicken healthier for you, it tastes mm-mm good. Also brought to you, of course, by Kudzu Magazine. Issue number 38 is out with a cover story on the great guitar man Jack Pearson, an interview. Also an interview with former Atlantic Records and Capricorn Records promotional man, the main man, Dick Woolley. Great stories. Also a great interview with Almond Brothers author Scott Freeman, the first guy that ever wrote a book about the Almond Brothers, Scott. Archive interview with Bonnie Bramlett, exploring unreleased albums by the Almond Brothers and Sea Level. Timely articles on both the COVID-19 mask situation and one on racism. It's good stuff, man. Anthony Richardson, one of our great writers. I'm so happy to have him. Also, reviews of music, books, DVDs, and much more at kudzumag.com. K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G. Kudzu with a Z-O-O. Kudzumag.com. Okay, the next issue is coming out August 31st, and we have a great interview and cover story with Muscle Shoals' legendary songwriter and singer, Dan Penn. Now, Dan um, is, we're going to play one of the songs off his new album. He's got his first album out in a lot of years, uh, Living on Mercy, a great, great album. We're going to play a track off of it. But first, first, here's just a taste of the Dan Penn interview or I ask him to reflect on his friend, the late, great songwriter, Donnie Fritz. Well, old Donnie, now, he was just, uh, he was amazing. He was the first guy I saw when I came to Florence. He, when I went up to Spar, Tom Stafford's up there. Donnie was standing in the doorway. And he had his hand out. He shook hands, and we became friends really fast. And, um, nicer guy they never was and uh you know we became close friends and he was the first guy i wrote a song with he was my first co-writer we wrote rainbow road and a couple more and um he was just a warm cat you know he he was just fun to be around uh spooner too both of them we could we could all get in the room me and donnie and spooner we could we could nearly heat the place up. Everybody was so warm, you know. Uh, Fritz just, I, I miss him so much. Got a soul connection like we're one and the same 
affection It's kind of hard to explain It's amazing how time after time You seem to know what's on my mind Don't need to talk about it all night long Cause the power of love is so strong Got a soul connection and a man So close to perfection How lucky I am Ain't nobody ever touched my heart Like the way that you do Way down in the deepest part I'm connected to I think we found it, baby Yeah new album living on mercy like i say dan penn is going to be our cover story in the next issue of kudzu and it's not coming out till august 31st but you know what with the covid you got to wait longer than that for most things so it's like uh anyway uh hopefully you guys will will like it i want to uh welcome into the program as usual first of all my original partner in crime a man who thinks that sid vicious is really the guy who wrote the songs that make the whole world cry. <laughs> it's Billy Eli. There he is. Hello, Bob. How you doing this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also, 
Two men who think are thinking about suing the Austin Lounge Lizards because they are the original Austin Lounge Lizards. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You gotta love them, Patrick Beach and Jim Hemphill. Let's go on, bud. So let's get ready to rumble. <clears throat> so happy to see you all here on the. Uh, Zoom. Uh, I was going to say um, something. I was going to say something. Actually, this is a uh, this is a really, as Billy can tell you, uh, I used to do a thing on here called Nerd Nation. Oh yeah, it's when we talked about comic books. Yeah, so I'm not going to do a big thing, but I want to do about 60 seconds and say that San Diego Comic Con this year. I never could afford to go to the San Diego one. I always wanted to. But this year, it's all online this whole weekend, and uh, it's free. So yesterday, I spent the entire day, and, they, and they're archiving them all on YouTube. So I watched the panels for Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, and the new Walking Dead thing that's coming up, uh, World Beyond. And I watched the thing about Stan Lee and some other stuff. It's pretty cool. And speaking of the Nerd Nation, I got... Uh, I watched the first, I binged the first two seasons of a show called Hannah. And it was recommended on Twitter by Stephen King. And I went in there and watched it. And uh, talk about action-packed, man. What a great show. And uh, just absolutely wonderful. I highly recommend you binge Hannah. And when you get through that, there's a one, this one that's uh, that did three seasons. And it was a German show. And they've dubbed in the uh, English, you know, but it's called simply Dark, and it's on Netflix, hmm. and it's pretty spooktacular. <laughs> spooktacular, that's pretty funny, ain't it? Uh, okay, guys, as always, it's time to recommend things that, you know, we want to influence people's brains. What the hell did that mean? Let me take that back. <laughs> we want to influence people's brains. Maybe I just need more coffee. Yeah. I got our, a whole bowl our, of our edamame beans here that I, I heated up and now they've gone cold. So I'll just wait for that for later. So I was okay. going to have edamame for lunch and uh, Edda Daddy got pissed off. <laughs> Edda Daddy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's not even funny. Let's no, see. To go with the uh, book and movie and record, let's put him on the spot and have Billy Eli do it first. Okay, man. I, like I told y'all in the pre-show, man, I was uh, I actually uh, thought of them before we started recording this week, which Ooh, is man. Yeah. I went I went totally retro on everything this week. So uh, my my movie is Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. And we were talking earlier about uh, Funky Don Fritz and. And uh, that was uh, 72, I think, uh, with uh, Christopherson and, and uh, James Colburn as uh, Pat Garrett. And uh, let's see, Peckinpah, Sam Peckinpah was director. And the music in that was great. That was, wasn't that the first feature role? One of the first two or three feature roles, anyway, for Bob Dylan. Yeah. And, uh, and he actually acted. I mean, it was he did a pretty good job. I thought. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And yeah. what I really like about that movie 
uh, you know, the story and the music and all that stuff is great. But uh, I like I, I like playing uh, spot the uh, spot the kind of uh, Hollywood underground uh, new cinema stars because it's got guys like Harry Dean Stanton yeah. and uh, uh, Clark. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, his last name is Clark. He he was in a lot of those, you know underground uh what did they what did they call that the new uh there was the a new- name for there was a name for those westerns and and all those guys were the westerns uh like that one and and Cole pepper cattle company and and uh uh and uh kid blue and stuff that it was more realistic it was a step away from the john wayne good guy in, a, in the white hat and and uh anyway so that that's my movie pick uh my uh my book is uh I, and I, all of y'all have read this uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, did, uh, of course. I mean, it, it, again, retro. Uh, I went totally retro this week, but that's. I I picked that because <laughs> I picked that because uh, that was the first book I remember reading it as I was reading it. You know, and it's done memoir style. And I was like, this is just so goddamn absolutely absurd. It had to have happened. <laughs> nobody could have if this hadn't happened nobody could have made this up <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things like is it true it has to be true who the hell would make that up that's true <laughs> and uh so so that was my book and uh and we're and we're offering suggestions to, uh, to our listeners and yeah you got a lot of time on your hands uh that's a it's a it it, it bears reading twice because you get through it the first time you're going to go, I have no idea what the hell I just read. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need to do it again. And uh, my album, uh, Gilded Palace of Sin, the wellspring from which all country rock kind of flows. I mean, certainly there were country rock bands before that, but that was, uh, that was the first time that there was ever a, a perimeter put around it and went, this is what it is. And here's how it ought to sound. And uh, I don't think, I don't think Graham Parsons ever, him and uh, him and Hillman never again hit that zenith of the songwriting. Every song on there is good, and I certainly liked a lot of uh, Parsons' later stuff. But I thought the writing was hit or miss. It'd be a couple of good songs and then a whole bunch of filler. But that that was good top to bottom. The distorted pedal still is sneak to peek, Clint Al. That was so that would that had never been done, and uh, yeah. So those those are my those are my picks. Well, speaking of the Gilded Palace of Sin, there um, two songs on there written by Dan Penn. Yep. Yep. Do right, woman, and the dark end of the street. Dark end of the street. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. Wow, what a great album. That's great. All right. Uh, next up, all the way from one shore to the other, Patrick Beach. I don't even know well, what that I, means. I was, I was, uh, I was somewhere near Barso on the edge of the desert when the drugs kicked in, and that's how I came up with these texts. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, bats! They're bats! Bats everywhere. <laughs> uh, but uh, my three picks all have a, a lot of sorts, and that is they have something or other to do with power. Uh, the show, the show I'm going to recommend. Uh, my wife and I always seem to be. Uh, latecomer to good TV, and this is no exception, but we just binged the first season of Yellowstone, uh, starring Kevin Costner. It's on Amazon Prime, and uh, it's basically the Godfather set 
on a cattle ranch in Montana that's the size of the state of Rhode Island. And Kevin Costner is the, the aging patriarch. He's got some health issues. And he's also got challenges on all sides. Uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the local Indian tribe that, of course, has a casino, and the developer of a resort property that abuts right next to his ranch, and the developer wants to expand it. And, of course, Kevin Costner's family has had this ranch for more than 100 years, and, and he is in grave danger of losing it, and he's not going to let that happen. He is... Uh, He's one of those quietly bad guys like Michael Corleone. Um, you, <laughs> right, like a, if Michael Corleone were a cowboy. <laughs> right. If you, you, never, you never really know what he's thinking. You can't read his face. And then he's going to pull some evil shit. So that's right. my show. That's my show. And that's about power. That's about him trying to hold on to power. Right. My, my book uh, is by uh, the greatest living uh, uh, biographer, writing in the English language, and it's Robert Carroll, who I'm lucky to call a friend. His first book about Lyndon Johnson was The Path to Power, and uh, it's got a chapter early on called The Sad Irons, which is the best thing I've ever read about Texas. It's about how hideous and brutal and backbreaking life, life in the Texas Hill Country was before uh, rural electrification. So right. I, now, the Rob, REA. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, and I got I to gotta say, it's a team effort. Uh, Bob works very closely with his research team, which is comprised entirely of his wife, Ina. But, uh, but uh, you know, we've all got some extra time on our hands, most of us anyway these days. So if you haven't yet, dig into Robert Caro's uh, books about Lyndon Johnson, starting with the, the Path to Power. Absolutely spectacular. And if you don't want to read anything that long, you can read his most recent book, which is simply called Working, and it's about you know, sort of like inside stories about how he wrote these books. It's just magisterial, right? And finally, continuing with our leitmotif, uh, my album is Iggy and the Stooges' Raw Power from 1973. That was... The band could not have been in more disarray at that time. And it's often regarded as like the greatest punk album of all time. I'm not sure that's true, but uh, but they, they, they stepped away from just writing grooves and moods into more of a hard rock or proto-punk sound. And uh, I think James Williamson had just joined the band when they cut that. Correct. So that that's my record. That's my record. Man, yeah. Excellent choices this week, Pat. Thanks, man. It's one of uh, my, 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 hero, my hero Lester Bangs. It's one of, I think it was his all-time favorite album. Kurt Cobain's too. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And now, you, Mr. Jim Hemphill. Thanks, y'all. Uh, mine are pretty light this week, which is which is cool, I think, for these times. And they're kind of that's kind of if I have a theme, it's you know, uh, entertainment that is that doesn't make you think too much, although you can think more if you want to. <laughs> and uh, the the, the movie. And the movie, since, you know, we're all, we all find ourselves kind of trapped in confines these days, and it's hard for us to get out. I've got a movie that is all about being trapped in, in confines and seeing things that, and maybe not being able to trust your own eyes, and that is Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock's oh, Rear oh, Window. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Good oh, choice, yeah. man. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. I love Hitchcock. My daughter 
points out like, frequently to me how misogynistic Hitchcock was, and I said, "I'm an old guy. I can't help it. I love yeah, opera." Right. Really, he didn't. Uh, he didn't care. He didn't care much for men either. No, right. <laughs> uh, he was. He was. He was a little misanthropic, but uh, he. Uh, you know, James Stewart and Grace Kelly looking unlike anything I've ever oh. seen before. Oh. Uh, I watched it about 20 times in college. I wrote a, a paper on this and, and it was hard to get a hold of back then. And I went, had to go to the library at college and just watch it over and over. And I think the, uh, the, the people who manned the desk where you could check out three quarter inch videotape and watch it uh, thought I was some kind of obsessive, which actually was true. But anyway, <laughs> Rear Window, great performances by, uh, by uh, James Stewart, Grace Kelly and uh, Raymond Burr as the maybe or maybe not murderer. Uh, right. Great, great movie. Uh, my record is a record by The Cars. And oh. when people think of The Cars, they think of The Cars' first album, which is indeed great. And everyone knows and everyone seems to be able to get along that that's a great record, no matter what kind of music you listen to. But that's not my pick. My pick is The Cars' second album, Candia. What a great, great record. I think this is an overlooked record, and one of the reasons that I'm picking it is because uh, the CD has been in my car for several months, and I don't drive very much, so usually I change out my CDs, but since I'm not driving much these days, every time I get in my car, this record is playing, so I've listened to it recently, and as as I think both Patrick and Billy know, one of my favorite guitar players is Elliot Elliot Easton. Easton. And to me, Candio is a he's all over that record and it's fantastic there's some great songs the dangerous type is one of the best car songs got a lot on my head since i held you all have are great songs with great solos there's a song on it called shooby doo that's kind of weird unless you know that rick okasik was a huge fan of the band suicide yeah. which was an early yeah. cbgb's band right. uh, which was a duo and shooby doo is very very uh Suicide and that's, that's what they opened with when we saw them at the Unidome. They opened with Shooby Doo into Candio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah. And, uh, and that, uh, you know, so the Cars Candio is my is my uh, record pick. So, you know, if you have it, it's, it's kind of one of those that isn't as, uh, you know, isn't as well known as the first album or some of their later stuff like Heartbeat City that had so many hits on it. But it's, it's a great record. My book is called Louie Louie. Now, I found out that there's a couple books called Louie Louie. One right. of them is written by the drummer for the Kingsman. Might be a great book. I don't know. Never read it. That's not, huh. my, that's not my pick. My book is Louie Louie by Dave Marsh. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it has Dave. one of the longest and best subtitles that I've ever uh, come across. And it describes the book perfectly. So I'm just going to read the subtitle to Louie Louie by Dave Marsh. The history and mythology of the world's most famous rock and roll song, including the full details of its torture and persecution at the hands of the Kingsman, J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, <laughs> and a cast of millions, and introducing for the first time anywhere the actual dirty lyrics. It, it's, a, it's an incredible book. It talks about, you know, the song and how it was such a scandal. Uh, when the, the Kingsman version came out and how FBI actually investigated whether or not it had dirty <laughs> lyrics in it. And the bonus is for me, depending on the day you catch me, I will swear most days that the Kingsman's recording of Louie Louie is the greatest rock and roll single ever of all time. Right. So, uh, so that's my book, Dave, Dave Marsh's Louie Louie. Those are my picks. Interesting. Yeah. Yet another book. Uh, 
my God, you just make me go broke going buying these books. <laughs> oh, before, 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 we, before we move away from that topic, uh, y'all remember this back in the 80s, uh, the, damn, what was the, remember when wine coolers were suddenly a big thing and you could buy damn wine coolers everywhere and it was, uh-huh. and the Cal, California cooler used uh, part of Louis Louis uh, as the, they used it in some of their marketing and uh, I'm I'm I don't I'm having a hard time kind of dialing this memory in, but they had they had different they they, they had different versions by different bands. I mean, because the thing's been recorded hundreds of times. Sure. And uh, and and their tribute to it was it's the greatest. It was the greatest all-time garage single by the greatest noisiest of all time garage man. Yeah. And, yeah, and, there's yeah. Rhino put an out out an album that was all covers of Louie Louie. Yeah, that was that, that. I think that was tied in with part of that marketing yeah, that they yeah. yeah. And it was all different bands playing playing their versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who that, was just, the Who was the singer songwriter? That was it. Todd something that did a song about the Kingsman. Y'all Todd Snyder. Todd yeah, Snyder. and he, yeah. he's talking yeah. about yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was in another band that outdid them by playing uh, what they weren't really a band and they didn't play or something? It's talk, talk, talking Seattle grunge rock blues. Yeah, 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 what a great yeah. one. Yeah, it's been was years. That, was that Todd Snyder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Todd Snyder I, was great. I kind of, I kind of remember that. What is it? Yeah, I finally do. He's got the bit about they went on MTV unplugged and they refused to <laughs> yeah. they refused to play acoustic versions of the electric songs they refused to yeah. play smashed all their shit and walked off yeah, yeah, yeah. kids yeah. loved it yeah it was yeah, such and, a great that yeah, was yeah and then he's then he's got a, he's got the ballad of the Kingsman is on uh, East Nashville skyline which is a great great oh it is a great album. Um, and along came the band that wasn't even together. Hell, that's alternative. That's alternative. That's alternative. alternative. That's right, man. <laughs> the label dropped us, and that's not funny because we're all hooked on drugs and we're out of money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I was talking about books, and uh, I did want to say that uh, I'm not kidding. I now have in my possession Patrick's book I ordered from Amazon. Good for you. Right. I've got to read Hope it. You like it. And also, Hope the you one like Jim it. recommended last week about Wiley Coyote. It uh, hasn't come in yet, but I ordered it. Um, so oh, that, anyway. was, that was my recommendation. That you was Pat's that. recommendation. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. so yeah. confused. Um, you guys all look alike to me. All you yeah. Texas people. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, except for Jim, he looks like Colonel Sanders. Um, I was true. looking at pictures of when we were in the studio with him. He didn't look like that at all. Well, he was having to go to work every day. So oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was before quarantine. That's right. <laughs> uh, mine. Come on. Mike. Boom, boom, boom. Let's Drum roll, please. Come on. Yeah, let's my have... book. My book is by Al Cooper. It's Backstage Passes and Backstabbing Bastards. The 1998 updated version of his biography from 77. One of the funniest memoirs ever written. Of course, Al Cooper founded Blood, Sweat, and Tears and played keyboards on a bunch of albums by people like Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, George Harrison. Discovered and produced Leonard Skinnerd, but we won't hold that against him. Wrote the 1965 hit, This Diamond Ring Doesn't Shine For Me Anymore. Sorry. 
Al Cooper, the man backstage passes and backstabbing bastards, a great rock and roll memoir. Yes, sir, it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Movie. Dun, 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 dun. Cinemascope. The movie is Fool for Love, written by and starring Sam Shepard and Kim was, Bassinger and Harry Dean Stanton. Was good, that was a good, funky little movie. Based on the play. Mm-hmm. Also stars uh, Kim Bessinger, Harry Dean Stanton, Randy Quaid. That was, that was such a weird, quirky, great little movie. Well, he plays a cowboy who spends a lot of time on the road driving a truck. Meanwhile, his woman back home is getting jealous. Uh, she suspects him of cheating on her. Great dialogue. Harry Dean Stanton is always a standout. And I've got to say that when I was doing theater, as you know, that was my major. Um, I played Eddie on stage in the stage production of Fool for Love, including the scene where May knees him between the legs and one scene buckles him over. And I told her in rehearsal, I said, now make sure you get over to one side or the other. Don't really don't, hit. Don't, don't <laughs> kick me in the nuts. Because there's this great scene where me and the girl, or Eddie and the girl, do this deep kiss thing, you know, and then right when they pull away, she needs him in the groin. And uh, it was just great. But the uh, movie version adds a little bit of dialogue and stuff, you know, that wasn't, because the play was, I think, 45 minutes or so. Fool for Love, Sam Shepard, King of the World, Master of the Universe, True West, Fool for Love, so many, Barry Child, so many great plays and, and a great actor and everything. Record, I uh, sound like I'm repeating myself, but Dwight Yoakam, one of my favorite albums ever, Hillbilly Deluxe, 1987. Mm. Every song is good. Little Ways, Please Please Baby, Little Sister, Reading, Writing, Route 23, and probably my favorite song on there, Johnson's Love. Mr. Johnson's Love Lives On. Dwight Yoakam, I am, I've, I've got really, uh, I think it was, was it Jim that recommended the Dwight Yoakam book several weeks ago? It was. I, read, yeah. I just finished yeah. reading it, and I've gotten obsessed uh, with, I've got all of his albums on MP3, and I've been just like playing them end over end. So today we're going to talk about um, songwriters. I didn't say this before, but my personal thing is I'm gonna I'm going to avoid the two really obvious ones of Lennon and McCartney and Jagger and Richards because I didn't want to give up my space for them because everybody loves them. Right. Everybody yep. wants yep. them. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with some weird not weird, but you may expect this from me and you may not but Kind of a mixed bag. My number five, number five, number five, number five. My number five is my screen scroll. Jim Steinman. Oh, wow. Jim Steinman, who sometimes co-wrote with Meatloaf, but he did most of the writing himself. Wrote all the Bat Out of Hell. He wrote Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, Bat Out of Hell, Heaven Can Wait, Dead Ringer for Love, Paradise by the Dashboard Light for Crying Out Loud. He also wrote... 
Total Eclipse of the Heart that Bonnie Tyler did. Right. And it's all coming back to me now that Celine Dion did. And Making Love Out of Nothing at All that <laughs> Air Supply did. And I can't even say the name. <laughs> and uh, my girl, my buddy, my friend, uh, we've become friends, Carla DeVito. We're online friends who married Robbie Benson, and she used to sing with Meatloaf. She did a song called Dance in My Pants that Jim wrote. So, uh, and she told me one time that uh, Jim Steinman, every song he wrote was for a proposed uh, movie he wanted to do about Peter Pan. So almost every <laughs> song he ever wrote, he thought about that movie. It's so weird. Wow. That, but anyway, Jim Steinman, a great songwriter and... Um, a very, very strange human being. Um, number four. Number four. Number four. Number four. Is Dan Penn. Oh, yeah. Do Right Woman. Uh, Arthur Aretha Franklin. And, uh, of course, Graham Parsons. And everybody in the world recorded it. Dark End of the Street. Um, was one of Dwayne Allman's favorite songs. Dark End of the Street. I'm Your Puppet. Yeah, baby. Uh, the Letter. By the box tops. Penn's songs have been recorded by such luminaries as, well, I just said that, Aretha Franklin, Janis Joplin, Graham Parsons, Jerry Garcia, Alex Chilton, Albert King, Percy Sledge, Etta James, Willie Nelson, just to name a few. Dan Penn is my number four. Number three, you may expect this from me, Ronnie Van Zant. Ronnie Van Zant wrote songs about whatever he was going through in his life at the time. If you read Ronnie Van Zant of Leonard Skinner's songs, uh, it reads like a diary. Not just Freebird, Sweet Home, Alabama, but songs like All I Can Do Is Write It In A Song, Tuesday's Gone, Don't Ask Me No Questions, and I Won't Tell You No Lies, On The Hunt, You Got That Right. Just an excellent, excellent uh lyricist and uh, a genius songwriter Ed King told me one time he said uh, Ronnie never wrote anything down he said I played him a guitar lick and he's like uh huh uh huh play it again played it and then uh, he comes over and Ronnie's like singing into Ed's ear, ear and just singing the lyrics never wrote them down but just kind of put it together in his head pretty much uh Kind of a songwriting genius. So number three, Ronnie Van Zant. Not to be confused with Jim Steinman or Dan Penn. Number two, who is also could be my number one, but he's number two, Shel Silverstein. Oh, so uh, many. Fucker, you, fucker, you just you just killed one of mine. <laughs> so many, uh, uh, so many songs. He was Bobby Bear was his go-to guy for country. Doctor Hook for his rock. Marie Laveau, the Unicorn. Remember that. Covered Rolling Stone, Sylvia's Mother, The Soup Stone, Daddy What If, A Boy Named Sue for Johnny Cash, I Got Stone in the Mist, It Was a Goon, Put Another Log on the Fire, This got this Guitar for Sale that John Prine recorded, your, Queen of the Silver Dollar. coming by Farron Young, one of the best yeah, yeah, yeah. country songs ever, man. Amy Lou Harris recorded Queen of the Silver Dollar. Yeah. Uh, um, the Taker by, that Waylon recorded. The ones on the Way that Loretta Lynn recorded. I didn't even know he wrote that, but he did. One's on the why. Shel Silverstein, not only a great songwriter, but a great cartoonist for Playboy magazine and a uh, 
actor and a novelist, great American, and a great American and a, a form and also a member of the Chrome Dome Club, like me. Yeah. Number one, I love him. I love him more than sliced bread. John Prine. John Prine. Wow, what songs! His songs do things. To, uh, I don't know. I, I, in my life as a quote unquote, I bet one of Pat's choices just went dead too. I know, I know yeah, Pat really, yeah. really likes John. Was in, in my show, in I my do. years of playing shows, solo shows, I have recorded. I'm not recorded. Performed at least fifteen of his songs, uh, but he did so many songs like Sam Stone. God, there's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes. Yeah. Dear, mm -hmm. dear Abby, man, that was one dear of my Abby, favorites. Dear Abby, you may see Jeez. me tonight with an illegal smile. Please don't bury me down in that cold, cold ground. Spanish pipe dream, paradise as well. And and Billy, I know you like the Missing Years album. Jesus, the Missing I, Years I do, is a great I song. I do, yeah. That and was Lake my introduction Marie. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, he, had, he had just a straight up kind of pop rock tune on that called uh, Unlonely. That's as good. A, that's as good a goddamn just straight up kind of rock pop song as there ever was. Yeah, just wonderful, uh, John Prine, and uh, I've gotten on this YouTube thing recently where uh, I spent way too much time. Like a couple of days ago, I just got on there and couldn't leave. I, all this, there's so much John Prine, especially since he passed away, that people have uploaded just incredible. <clears throat> performances and you mentioned earlier you talk about fear and loathing and you know hunter thompson's like my favorite writer of all and they, there's all these interviews on there that i'd never seen all this crazy stuff with him and letterman and conan o'brien and i don't know just all kinds of great stuff uh, hunter so i think sometimes i think it i'll just quit paying for tv and just watch youtube what can I doing? tell? Can, I got a quick uh, John Prine story because uh, my introduction right. to him was uh, was the missing years. You know, he was about to give up on music, and then he started Oh Boy, and then it was off to the races. So I interviewed him <clears throat> before he came to town, the missing years tour, and I asked him a question. I don't remember the answer, so you're going to be disappointed, but it's a pretty good story nonetheless. The question I asked him was, "What's the worst thing that ever happened to you that you got a song out of?" Uh, and he th and he thought for a second and he said, well, you know what? One year for Christmas, I got an unusual Christmas gift. I got a divorce for Christmas. And I had this model train set and I nailed it to my dining room table because I could. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, what a great guy. Yeah. All right. Great, All right. Great choices. Great choices. All right. Uh, let, next let, up let, on the favorite songwriters let, is Billy let Eli. Jim, well, let Jim go. Oh, you you gonna steal from? Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I had a similar disclaimer to Buff, which is I'm gonna set aside Lennon, McCartney, Jagger, Richards, and Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, meant to, I meant to put him in there. I'm sorry. Because you know. I, you know, everybody knows them and everyone knows how great they are. And, and, and so, I mean, Lennon and McCartney is kind of a cheat, kind of like Jagger and Richards, although not quite as much because Lennon and McCartney, some of their best stuff was actually written by Lennon or McCartney, not both. Of how them come I always have to go last on these but, things? You but guys anyway, so, so, but uh, Hey, if you want to do any of those, do them. Cause they're not on my list. I'm not going to talk about them anymore. My first choice is Chuck Berry. 
Oh, yep. excellent choice, yep. man. I mean, that is the, the those are the building blocks of rock and roll. One of my favorite scenes of any documentary type movie anywhere is Keith Richards in Hail Hail Rock and Roll <laughs> talking about Chuck's song Nadine and how great the lyrics are, which is absolutely true. This man wrote Johnny Be Good and Roll Over Beethoven. If he had written nothing but those two songs, right? He'd be one of the greatest. What about my diggling, ever. man? Come on. But well, <laughs> unfortunately, that was his only number only one song, number one hit, which is yeah. which is right, which is right. crazy. But I mean, uh, I mean, Carol, which the the Stones did a great cover of that song. Say la vie, man. Say la vie. I mean, come on. Cub Coda once said uh, of the Brownsville Station, you know, the great great guitar player and oh, great yeah. writer and music critic, beware of anyone who can't play Chuck Berry songs. Because they're it's not true. really rock and roll. And you can't, you cannot play Chuck Berry songs with a Fender. Otherwise, you'll sound like the Beach Boys. I never, I never <laughs> noticed really a bad that. Thing. I never <laughs> noticed that before. You can play anything on a Telecaster. Yeah. Ch uh, Keith plays Chuck Berry on a Telecaster. Uh, Hammer, Hammer the honky tonk. I love guy. a Telecaster. <laughs> and, and so, uh, and so anyway, that's uh, <clears throat> Chuck Berry. I mean, you know when. When NASA decided they wanted to send something in space to show the aliens what rock and roll sounded like, they sent, yep. they sent Johnny B. Good. So that's yep. number one. And I, these are in kind of in chronological order rather than any kind of preference order. Number two, Smokey Robinson. Well, yes. Damn, boy, you got deep down in the list. Man, he ain't playing around, <laughs> is he? So, you know, in, you know, it's not fair that Smokey Robinson is one of the best singers ever in <laughs> rock and soul music. He also was a great songwriter. I mean, if you just look at songs he wrote for his own group, The Miracles, you know, Tears of a Clown, Shop yeah. Around, You Really Got a Hold on Me, Tracks of My Tears, you know, I second that emotion. He also wrote great songs for other artists. Some of The Temptations' best songs were Smokey Robinson songs. He wrote My Girl, all right? right so again, right. yeah, he, he wrote Get Ready. He wrote The Way That You Do The Things You Do. You're, you're making uh, the rest of us look bad. He always does. You really took a deep dive on this I mean, he wrote song. He wrote songs for Marvin Gaye. He's been covered by everyone. Smokey Robinson just, and you know, uh, when people think of Motown songwriters, lots of times they think of the Holland Dozier Holland team, which was great. To me, the earlier stuff that Smokey wrote is has more of a direct connection to to me. So, I mean, so Smokey is just a and and rated appropriately as a great singer, but probably underrated as a songwriter. So, Smokey Robinson's my second. Uh, my next pick, I'm still early on and very pop, but my pick is the a songwriting team, Jerry Goffin and Carole King. God damn wow. it, just kill my, <laughs> oh. kill another one of my <laughs> Sorry, man. God damn it. I was thinking <laughs> possibly Lieber and Stoller. I was well, thinking God possibly... I gotta Jeff, go. I Jeff, gotta go. Jeff Berry and Ellie Greenwich, but I but I, I came with Goffin and King. One fine day we used to love me tomorrow, locomotion, some God kind of wonderful. Don't bring me down. Uh all those, is, all those great all those great rock and roll singles that the wrecking crew played on. Yep. Uh, uh, that that was that was what I was going by. Yeah. The monkeys Pleasant Valley Sunday. Uh Aretha, you make me feel like a natural woman, you know. Uh, just a, a, a terrific songwriting team. And then, of course, Carol King ended up becoming an artist in her own right after she and, and with, Jerry split with up. tapestry, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm just going with the Goffin and King stuff. And there's a transition to my next songwriter. 
because and this you're, so- and you're fixing to take my last goddamn one. I know who you're going to pick. Because this songwriter collaborated with Goffin and King yeah, on a yeah, I know great, who you're going to pick. You're fixing a, to fuck me. On a great song called Sweet Young Thing, and that's Michael Nesmith. Ah, uh, no, you didn't. Ah, yeah, Michael Nesmith is my next choice. Yeah, uh, I did see that coming. I did see that coming. There's a great song on the first Monkeys album called Sweet Young Thing that is a Michael Nesmith, Jerry Goffin, and Carol King co-write. Um, you know, maybe Nesmith's best known song, although a lot of people don't know he wrote it, uh, is the first Linda Ronstadt hit she had with the Stone Ponies, Different Drum. Drum. Yeah. What a great song. It was a, a Mike Nesmith song. He also wrote this great song called Mary Mary, and it's got one of my funniest, one of the funniest uh, Nesmith stories is that Mary Mary was first recorded by the Paul Butterfield Blues Band mm. before the Monkees recorded it. And, you know, they were an ultra hip band and the monkeys were the furthest thing from hip in the world. <laughs> and there was some story that, that Nesmith was somewhere in L.A. and uh, he overheard some people say, can you believe that freak Mike Nesmith from the monkeys is claiming that he wrote a Paul Butterfield blues band song? <laughs> you know, well, he did. And I personally like the monkeys version better than uh, Butterfield's, but that's because who plays on it? It's the wrecking crew. Right. Glenn Campbell on lead guitar. He wrote a great song uh. called Propinquity. Uh, the subtitle is I've just begun to care. It was first done by the nitty gritty dirt band. It's been covered by a lot of artists, including the box masters. I know Buff is a is a big yeah. fan of. Buff, you uh, opened a bunch of shows for them, didn't you? Yeah, great. Y'all did, a, y'all did a little rip through the southeast. I, I remember when you were uh, playing the Douglas Theater. We're supposed to do you, some more, I but I warned you about that COVID dark ramp you had to walk down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to be like Donald Trump now. I, I got to I, I, I do did, the ramps. I got him there broke my arm because <laughs> you walk in there and it's pitch black in the and there's a ramp. And suddenly you're skidding along on your face. That's why I was glad you told me about that because, yeah. uh, man, that was kind of dangerous. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And, the, and I mean, the Boxmasters also covered some of Shelley's Blues, which is another yeah. Nesmith song, and the Stone Ponies did a version of that. His some of his solo stuff. Joanne was was a, a moderate sized country rock. Yeah, that is I love a that song. really really good song. It is. Rio is a great song. He wrote a song, uh, one of my favorite uh, Nesmith written monkey songs is called Tapioca Tundra, which is a great song. <laughs> you could make a really good record of just Nesmith's monkey songs and you you could play it for anyone and they would not know without, if they didn't hadn't heard them, that this was the monkeys. It was just and Grand stuff. Ennui. He wrote the Grand, Grand Ennui. Uh, and uh, <coughs> one of my, one of, a very cool, one of my favorite Nesmith uh, songs is called You Just May Be the One, which is covered by Lee Ronaldo of Sonic Youth put it on one of his solo albums. So Nesmith is is number is my number four and my number five. I wanted to do a modern songwriter and I figured that Patrick would take the first thing that came to mind. So I thought of something else and that's Elvis Don't. Costello. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I almost so, did him. Yeah. Elvis I, I, Costello. Oh yeah. Well you yeah. Uh you know, his own recordings are great. Allison, which was also covered by Linda Ronstadt, Radio Radio. Uh, watching the detectives, I didn't know this until I looked at this. It has watching the detectives has been covered by both Duran Duran and Toto. So <laughs> I just yeah. thought that was just Boy, talk, the talk about your oddest. <laughs> exactly, uh, you know. And he 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 wrote with both. He's written with both Paul McCartney and Burt Bacharach. Uh, Veronica, which was one of his minor hits, was co-written by McCartney. He wrote a song called "My Brave Face." 
which McCartney recorded. Uh, Girls Talk, uh, the definitive version to me is Dave Edmonds' version, a great, great song. And he co-wrote one of the greatest things that that Roger McGuinn did on a solo record called You Bow Down. Which is a great song. Is a great song. And I even like a very unpopular opinion. I even like Linda Ronstadt's Elvis Costello songs. Oh, I do too. Covered. He called them uh, sheer torture, dreadful, and a total waste of vinyl back in the day. (laughs) When when Elvis was still trying to be punk. And then later on he said, uh, Man, no, I feel bad. I feel bad about saying that. And after he re- he watched the Linda Ronstadt documentary, which should be my movie pick at one point, yeah, he, said he he wept when he watched that. So yeah. anyway, Elvis Costello was my is my modern pick. So those are my five songwriters. Well, uh, speaking of Elvis, I got to throw this in. Uh, I almost I almost put him in mind because uh, back in college, and I talk about college a lot, but that's okay. Uh, one of the albums that I played all the time was uh, Imperial Bedroom. Mm. And uh, that, that song he wrote called Man Out of Time. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, right. It's killer. Uh, and Human Hands, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he was talking about people that, that he co-wrote with. Uh, let's not forget Mr. Toussaint. They did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw them at the... In Nashville at the, uh, what do you call it, uh, conference. Uh, oh, I can't even think of what you call it now. The uh, yeah, yeah, music thing, whatever. I get it mixed up with the South by Southwest. Uh, there's just something that they were doing in Nashville. I can't even think. I'm getting old. But anyway, I went to a couple of those. Are you talking about the Americana Music? Americana Festival. Thank you. Yeah. They, the, the year, the, I went to three of those. And the one year, they had the... The wrap-up thing was at the Ryman, right? So the night that uh, they were giving out the awards and having the performances, Elvis and Mr. Toussaint uh, played together. That was the same night that uh, Jason, um, I can never pronounce his last name, Jason. Ringenberg. Yeah, he he got an award for his children's album. And uh, it had uh, all kinds of, man, it was just... Uh, that whole were, night was were, just amazing. Were you, at that, you were at that bus, you were there that year? Yeah, I was right there in the, like this third row. Um, well, I was there and missed that show because I wouldn't leave the hotel bar. But God, that's what that, I got that that night. And that's the night I told you earlier about the uh, the story about being in the green room with uh, Tony Joe White and uh, right. Bill Joe Shaver. And, mm-hmm. and the same night, I met Mavis Staples and. Uh, 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 Garth Hudson. Uh, so many people, so many great people at that show. But anyway, I love to reminisce. I guess you noticed that. And um, a little bit, yeah. I'm just praying that this bookshelf <laughs> behind me doesn't cave in, because I need some new shelves. They're just overloaded, and yeah, I, I'm looking <laughs> behind me, and I'm thinking at any moment that's just going to cave in, and I will hey, never I be heard from again. I want to go next. Oh, well, okay, well, if you're feeling froggy. I am. It's the it's the Lone Star. <laughs> okay. That, Go for it. I've, all, I've always found this to be a great motivator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, uh, Billy. Okay, uh, so those songwriters. All right, and uh, who we discounted, uh, Linda McCartney, Richard, Jagger and Richards, who else was it you uh, took out, Jim? Bob Dylan. 
Bob Dylan, and I'm going to take out Willie Nelson. And, and I mean, because that could be just the all-time all-star list right there, right? Yep. So, uh, and these are in no particular order, but uh, yeah, somebody picked Shel Silverstein, which kind of killed one of mine. And the one uh, after you did uh, the King Coffin collaboration, and I said you, you're going to kill my next one, Neil Diamond. Uh -huh. uh, another another brill build uh another brill building guy and uh again man pop tunes tunes that make country songs uh kentucky woman yeah no, yeah right uh diamond smugglers right there's my there's my neil diamond set list right yeah <laughs> and uh i was i was monkeying around yesterday and i remembered uh, an old song of his from like 68 called new york boy do you remember that yeah I, I, I do not yeah uh, yeah that's a much bigger neil diamond fan than i am <laughs> <laughs> well look man the uh the boots were cheesy and it wasn't a good in that the hairstyle was not good but man he could write a pop thing. he could and uh so he's one and you know in that same style i could add somebody like uh burt Bacharach, but him and neil diamond are almost the same songwriter so <laughs> yeah so I, i'm just gonna stick with that uh buffett picked shell silverstein and he had been on my list but since since he got taken off i uh i, I I'll, I'll change it up and and uh guy clark mm -hmm. yeah. storyteller storyteller guy man i mean just Listen to his songs. It's it's like reading a damn short story. Oh, the Randall Knife is poetry. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it just it, it it really it's like reading a damn short story. You find yourself, or me anyway, I, I find myself vested in the characters and you know hoping it works out for them. And, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it, it's uh, and uh, people from Texas, I try to avoid picking Texas guys. And, I, and it's funny, I, there's two on this list and then on my list. And the next guy was one I didn't appreciate for the longest time, mostly because I didn't know that much about him, but Butch Hancock. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, again, poetic, story-driven, you know, character-based songs. And uh, he wrote he wrote uh, Dallas, right, for uh, – Mm -hmm. that joe yeah. ely did although yeah, my yeah. favorite version of that is the one no. with the uh the flatlanders yeah uh, jimmy dale jimmy dale yeah, yeah. I, I like i like his version of that a lot and mm. uh but he wrote bluebird and and uh yeah you know just i i like i like the storytelling i like the storytelling kind of stuff that uh that you know sort of takes you somewhere and and uh and, and both Guy Clark and, and uh, Butch Hancock do that very mm -hmm. well. And I think you missed my first one, Buff. Uh, my first pick was uh, Neil Diamond. Oh, what a surprise. Hey, man. What a great you know, writer. Yeah, that's what we were just that's What, we what were was your favorite about. song that Neil wrote? Man, it, I don't know. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to pin down. He's written a, he's written a lot of stuff. Want to know what mine is? Yeah, yes. Brother is, Love's Traveling Salvation Show. That is a very good song. It's Especially even better, on Hot August Night, man. It's, it's, even, it's even better if in the middle of it you break into uh, Ace of Spades by Motorhead and then finish <laughs> then finish with the 
<laughs> yeah. We've, we've, start, we've started discussing the diamond that's, smugglers. That's the diamond smugglers. <laughs> that was, I got to tell you, that was one of the best nights of my life last year. That was so much fun. So, yeah, uh, just to, there's a band here in Austin that's kind of an institution called the Diamond Smugglers that is a Neil Diamond tribute cover slash parody thing. Uh, it's been around for a long time, and I was lucky enough to play in their last show in December, and it was re a real experience playing all those Neil Diamond songs. And Man, that was the second to last twist show in. I saw. Yeah. So, it was the uh, second to last show I played. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. All right, no, it's okay. Uh, I thought the point of this was that we kind of throw them out when somebody yeah. has stuff to add. We yeah. add it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so that was that was three, and um, I don't know, man. It, it starts to get it starts to get kind of muddy <laughs> after that. You know, I really, uh, I really like for my album pick. I really like that Graham Parsons stuff that he did with Chris Hillman and. Uh, but I think that that album was probably their zenith, and after that, it, it kind of fell off. But uh, I tell you, who who somebody whose stuff I always liked, although he mostly worked as a co-writer, was uh, was Bernie Led, and he co-wrote Cody Cody and and some of that early Eagles stuff. And you know, Eagles kind of amongst the circle here on the, the on the panel. Uh, Eagles get kind of a bad rap because of sort of what they turned into and how big they got. But, uh, and those first couple of albums were pretty damn hot. It was interesting music. And I'm going to finish up with, uh, Jackson Brown, uh, you know, country pop, pop lyrics. Uh, I, I, I like his, uh, I like his heavy duty political stuff less than his, straight up pop stuff or when he was, you know, writing for uh, soundtracks, you know, it's gotta be somebody's baby, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I don't know, man, good lyrics, good, you know, could write, wrote a good hook, wrote a good melody, told a good story, fun stuff to hear. And, uh, and that uh, live version uh, that he uh, originally released of uh, running on empty is about as good as mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. ever recorded anywhere. And number yes. my five. I hope I, I hope I didn't bust any years back. Uh, uh, Jackson geez. Brown yeah, rules. Well. Yeah, he's <clears throat> And now, save the best for last is Patrick Beach. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> once again, I feel like the last guy in line at the buffet restaurant that closes in ten minutes. And there's no <laughs> more pork. Right, right, there's no right, more pork. Right, right. We didn't leave you anything. We didn't leave you much. I wanted all I wanted was a shrimp cocktail. Damn it. <laughs> shrimp cocktail. I want a shrimp cocktail. I didn't put mine in order, but the first thing uh, as soon as you gave us our homework uh, last week, Buffalo homework. was uh, the first thing I thought of was Lieber and Stoller. A uh, couple of Jewish kids writing hits for just everybody from Elvis Presley to the coasters, you know, uh, Hound Dog on Broadway, on and on and on and on. They were just phenomenal. They were they were machines. And I would love to read a book about how they worked together um, because they, we, we've talked about this before, the, the mystery of songwriting. Like, what comes to you? What comes to you first? Where do they come from? Nobody understands it, but I'm particularly interested in partnerships. So Jim drove past Lieber and Stoller, so I'll, I'll leave them there. Uh, another pair, since we're excluding Lennon McCartney, Jagger Richards, I, I got to give a shout out for uh, the Lennon McCartney of punk rock, 
uh, Joe Strummer and Mick Jones. Oh, yeah. 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 There yeah. you go. Excellent. 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 Gotta Excellent. love them, they, um, they were, uh, you know, the only the, the only songs, so far as I know, that, that Mick Jones wrote the music and the lyrics for are the ones that he sings. But, uh, but Jones came up with a lot of the music, and then he would just give the music to Strummer, and Strummer would come back the next day with an angry political song. He was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's what it's about. And Jim has done this. Uh, with a song or two of mine where I think it's something and then he cuts something or adds something and it's like, oh yeah. And it turns, into, is... a threat. It turns into a real song. He's done that with yeah. me Did that yeah. with my yeah. whole album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, t- I took him something and went, hey man, here's something I kind of rhymed and he brings it back and I was like, damn, I didn't realize that was that good. <laughs> yes. <That's> what... <laughs> and and... <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, the next one that popped into my head hasn't come up yet. But God damn it, Jimmy Webb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. only reason that didn't come up on my list is I didn't think about it. I was, I was talking with my wife about about the topic this morning, and we were talking about Jimmy Webb. So mm-hmm. I, I, I considered it, but I thought someone would take it. So anyway. And uh, oh God, man, I'm getting chills down my neck just thinking about the stuff he wrote. Man. He also wrote a really, really great book about songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, my next one is is not strictly speaking a songwriter in that he never wrote a melody in his life. But Woody Guthrie, he's oh. often yeah, I mean, great poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he uh, he just found melodies he found melodies that were popular and hitched his lyrics to them a lot of people think he was a protest singer product of the dust bowl oklahoma yada 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 what you did what well what he really was was in in some senses a progenitor to towns van zandt in that he was born to relative privilege and abandoned it and uh, people say he was a protest singer and a man of the people and he was that but he also wrote songs that were happy he wrote songs for children he wrote songs about he wrote me so horny basically you know <laughs> he, he he wrote lyrics about the the whole gamut of human emotions and i don't think we can discount him he's got to be in like if there's a hundred uh great american songwriters he's got to be at least in the top 20 and then i really he, I always viewed him as a social critic as much as anything else man who instead of writing a column wrote songs about that stuff yeah 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 yeah. but i mean uh, people misread the totality of his work as a sort of polemicist right no i i agree agree totally yep yep true true go ahead i read i wrestled over this this is a true musician who did everything exceptionally well somebody asked him how many instruments how many instruments do you play and he said all of them Prince Rogers Nelson. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and yeah. he did. You know, uh, he was the entire package. And the reason I am picking him as one of the best ever is because he wrote so many songs, and they were so great. He just gave them away. <laughs> um, they're as Jim or yeah, Jim, you were alluding. You know. They're very adaptable as covered mm-hmm. covers for a lot of different people, and uh, and he wrote very empathetically, particularly about women and for women. So aside from being just 
one of the greatest musicians who ever drew a breath or picked <laughs> up a guitar or plinked a keyboard. Oh, he, yeah. wrote, he wrote incredible and very, very adaptable, very, very malleable songs. Mm -hmm. That's four, I think. I should have been counting on my fingers. Last <laughs> but definitely not least. Uh, Got to say one for uh, Paul Westerberg. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, good call. That's why I picked Elvis because I knew you were going to pick. Paul. I I was <laughs> I was uh, I was predicting that you were going to pick Westerberg, and if you had, we would no longer be speaking. I left <laughs> I left that, I left that one for you on purpose. <laughs> Westerberg writes some of the greatest couplets ever written by a high school dropout. Um, he's funny. He's shambolic. He writes these shambolic anthems about. Uh, you know, being drunk, being too drunk to write, write a letter. I am, music. I, I am not the fan of, of the replacements that you guys are. I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate and like their stuff and some of their stuff I really, really like. But I mean, I, I just I wasn't a big fan like, like y'all are uh, like you and Jim uh, or even Buff. But I tell you something that, that uh, not being grounded are, are rooted in that kind of music. I, I'll tell you something I really liked about Westerberg that, that he did that uh, other, the, the very, you know, all time greats do. God damn, he could paint an image with just two or three words. He, oh, yeah. He could slap an image in your head that just stayed for days with just, uh -huh. I mean, with a three word phrase. And to me, that that's that's the kind of shit you can't learn. I mean, you either can do that or you cannot do that. That's yeah. And sometimes it just slaps you in the face. Like Jesus it, rides beside me, but he never buys any smokes. Right. What the yeah. Hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, is, I mean, that's a, that's almost like a, if you just take it on its face value, it's almost like a bumper sticker. But when you hear uh, it in the context that he used it in, it's like, my God, man, he's actually saying something. And the thing that he's saying it's so damn real. There's now a picture of it inside your head. Yep. yep. Anyway, oh, and and he also wrote a song that uh, uh, about a songwriter who should have been on my list, Alex Chilton. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm yeah. kind of surprised nobody here picked Alex Chilton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I might talk about him next week. So. Okay. <laughs> and the, but wait. one of the one of the great things about about Westerberg is, I mean, I I love I love Paul Westerberg as a songwriter and. Uh, my my daughter a few years ago when she was a teenager she was a big fan of Lord the you know that oh the, from, yeah the female the young New, New Zealand yeah and uh, and Lord was playing at uh, Austin City Limits Music Festival and she wanted to go and I said I'll take you to see Lord but you have to go with me to see the replacements because they were playing one right after the other and I said by the way you know that Lord album that you listen to all the time has a Paul Westerberg song on. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, there's that song Swingin' Party. And she's like, oh, my God, that's a great song. Paul Westerberg wrote that. I said, yeah. And that's not even most people don't even consider that among his best. I do. I think Swingin' Party is one of one of Westerberg's great songs. But that's anyway, right. so that that shows you. And, you know, Kelly Willis did a great cover of a Westerberg song. Glenn Campbell did. I mean, it's he's fantastic oh he's phenomenal oh yeah speaking of the replacements at acl i got to tell you another quick story my my younger son inherited my musical taste uh whole cloth i've mentioned him before and he's a hell of a guitar player but uh the year that uh the replacements were coming to acl i believe that was 2014 is that right jim that sound right sounds right yeah um <clears throat> we 
we were going to go both weekends because both Pearl Jam and uh, the replacements were playing. And we bought my son Joe a uh, uh, one day wristband for Sunday, the yep. second weekend. My wife and I went to the first weekend all three days. And we had we had three days for uh, for the second weekend and for that that Sunday we were going to take Joe to go see the replacements in Pearl Jam. We're getting ready to leave. We got our wristbands on and, and my wife, Cindy says, why is Joe's wristband different colors than ours? And damn it. Wouldn't you know, <laughs> I bought him a one day wristband for weekend one. Oh. So we, we had to buy him a wristband walking into uh, the park on the way in, but it was just, it was so, so positively delightful <laughs> to see Almost without a doubt, my favorite band of all time with my son. Uh, and cool. speak, one more Westerberg thing, because <laughs> like I said, I was talking talking with my wife this morning about songwriters, and you know, she she upbraided me and and said that she might never speak to me again, at least for the rest of the day, because I didn't put her favorite Lucinda Williams on the on the list, who is a great songwriter. But she wrote a great song. A, inspired by paul westerberg called uh, real life bleeding fingers and broken guitar strings what a uh-huh. great great yeah. great song that and that's and <laughs> she frequently song. introduces it in lot when she plays it live and says this is a song about paul westerberg so anyway um i want i wanted to tap in something too um okay and then billy we'll go right to billy this is a short little short ditty you guys have mentioned um alex chilton several times um and I've mentioned the Dan Penn interviews that I just did uh, a couple of days ago. We talked about when Dan was producing the song, The Letter, for the Box Tops. And um, he said he got in the studio and they were recording. And the singer for the band was just cussing and raising cane and acting like a prima donna. And Dan told the told the manager said uh well i'm gonna cut the record but you gotta cut that singer and get me a different singer in here so a couple weeks later they came in they brought alex chilton and he had the song down he was ready the band had the song down he said recorded that thing in like 10 minutes (laughs) just knocked it out and said that so dan went on talking about alex chilton and uh what a great singer and songwriter he was and what a great just a great kid he's you know he called him a kid of course he was well, younger he, he than then like 16 when yeah, he yeah he was just a kid he was just yeah. a kid but he was like uh he said man he just he never heard anybody sing and put so much into it so you know they were uh pen pen and Chilton were rarely photographed together but i actually had a t-shirt that i had custom made with pen and Chilton. Uh, sitting on a couch, sharing a bottle of wine uh, at Arden's. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got. I've been, I've, I think I've seen that. I, I got a uh, buttload of pictures of Dan Penn and different people to try and choose from because you just can't run everything, you know, in the magazine. But, um, right. but man, it was really cool. Okay, Billy, what was you? What did you? I, have? I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to uh, Jim's list, and I wanted to say that. Uh, I, I think, I think out of the uh, the four of us that put together list uh, for this, Jim did a really cool thing. He he picked two songwriters that 
or overlooked the songwriters. Chuck Berry, you know, people think of him of the, you know, the yeah. rock and roll, the Johnny B. Good riff, and he's a, you know, he's a guitar player, and 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 the Duck Walk, and that's the thing everybody knows. And it's really easy to overlook that. Yeah, man, he wrote some. He he wrote some the, the definitive rock and roll, you know, songs. Yep. And uh, and Smokey Robinson, who's again known for his the smooth vocals and the great harmonies and all that stuff, and people overlook or in yep. my or in my case, man, just tend to forget. No, goddamn, he wrote some great, great he songs. Did. He did. And and I approach this from just okay, uh, album credits, man, uh, songs I like and and things that I know and, and uh, you know, writers that that wrote for that wrote for you know particular artists or. Or stuff like that, you know, and coming at it just from oh, the songwriters bent, and uh, I just wanted to say I thought that that was a, a really good tack that Jim took of of finding uh, you know, of naming naming guys who were great writers that weren't known that aren't known for their great writing, they're known for their great vocals and their great guitar playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I, I agree with that. I think. Uh, I'm just happy that we've got Jim Hemphill and Patrick Beach uh, yeah, doing the program. It really has, I'm not kidding, it really has added a whole new dimension. Uh, it, well, still, it has, and, I'm still, and I still get letters. Uh, I, still get I do, messages. too. I, I, get, yeah. I, I hear from people every week. Um, yeah, me, too. And also, I, I've seen the numbers spike on the uh, listenership. I mean, it's, well, like, it's, awesome. uh, a, a, it's a lot of fun. Are, a couple of us are still waiting on our shipments of the, that special chicken buff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. exactly. Yeah, waiting throw on some the, on the throw some on, on the. Well, we're about out of time. I do want to say um, to the folks that <laughs> next. I set you up. I set you up. Well, thank you. Next week, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I already pre-recorded that part. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about chicken after everybody's gone. Um, All right. Because we love our market. we love our uh, Springer Mountain chicken, but the um, the uh, this has nothing to do with chicken. But the uh, <laughs> greatest <laughs> next week we're going to talk about the greatest concerts we ever saw of any genre. Now, wow. while we love talking and we love to hear ourselves talk, we want to invite you, the listeners, to email oh. to me your favorite concert that you ever saw you can do more than one just send them to me and i may choose to share them on the air now the email address you need to send it to is kudzu mag spell that k-u-d-z-o-o-m-a-g kudzu mag at yahoo.com or if you wanted to show up at his door i can give you a or you can yes. show up yeah. at my if you show up at my door you may be met by Smith and Wesson. And or and or Wesson. Yeah, the word Wesson. Uh, and I'm not talking about the cooking oil. Right. The uh, uh yeah. Okay. So that's what it's gonna be. Folks, please send us your favorite concert members. Any genre. Rebel, I know you're listening, so go ahead and send me the Leonard Skinner. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Hey, I saw Leonard Skinner before the crash. It was great. I, did, I saw him the night before the crash in Greenville. And, um, right. That's a whole different well, Pat, story. But you, that, saw, you, saw, you saw him right before they left to go to Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. and got, it's so weird to meet people, and the next day they're dead. I mean, it's right. weird. 
and freaky and everything else. That's going to wrap it up, though, and in closing, we're going to be playing a record by Dwight Yoakam with Maria McKee doing a song called go. Bury Me. Right. And, uh, and we will see Billy, Pat, Pat Garrett, and Billy the Kid <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Hiphill next week. Same Be bat good. time, Be same bad. bat channel. All right. Thanks, boys. Thanks, y'all. Don't get caught. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. That was the great Dwight Yoakam with Maria McKee from Lone Justice. A little duet called Bury Me from the deluxe edition of Guitars, Cadillacs, etc., etc., etc. It's going to wrap up the Kudzu Radio Hour. I want to remind you that it's brought to you by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms who have fresh organic chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Get more information or order online at SpringerMountain.com. Not only is Springer Mountain chicken healthier for you, it also tastes very, very good. So that's going to wrap it up for today, folks, and we will see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel right here on the Kudzu Radio Hour. Thanks for listening. <laughs>